Welcome to the Prophecy Club, where we study and research Bible prophecy. You know, the Bible prophecy or Bible says that in the last days, God will send a strong delusion. Matthew 24, Jesus speaking, said that there would be many deceptions. And in these days, we have to know the truth. We have to know which specifically Bible version is the correct one. Which one is the Word of God? Our topic tonight is New Age Bible Versions. Our speaker was a college professor for 10 years. She spent six years, about eight hours a day, researching the scriptures and collating the major Bible versions so that she could bring to you the most accurate version. Will you help me welcome Gail Ripplinger. You today... And, you know, the Bible is our final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Uh, Jesus said in John 17, thy word is truth. Now, if the father of lies is in opposition to the truth, uh, we know he is going to be in opposition to the word of God. And there are four specific things that we know about the word of God. Number one, we know that it's inspired. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Number two, we know that the word of God is pure. Um, Psalm 119 says, Thy word is very pure. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God is pure. So we know that it's very pure, and we know that the purity extends to every word. The third thing we know is that it's preserved. Not only did God inspire the scriptures, he preserved them. Psalm 12, verse 6 and 7 says, um, The words of the Lord are pure words. Thou shalt keep them. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. It says thou, meaning God, will preserve them, not man. So God has promised to preserve his word. And just as he preserves this earth and he preserves our very breath today, he has preserved his word. The last thing that we know about the word of God is that we're forbidden to alter it. The Bible says in Revelation that if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues which are written in this book. We've often wondered why they have the plagues during the tribulation. And it's because people have added to the word of God. And this evening I'll be talking to you about how they plan to add to the word of God. But he also said, if any man shall take away from the words of the prophecy of this book, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city, and out of the things which are written in this book. So those four things are very important. Now that last thing that I mentioned, that we're forbidden to take things away from the word of God, I'd like to show you a page full of Bible verses. The Bible verses you're looking at here, 17 entire Bible verses, have been entirely omitted from the New International Version. And so if you were to Bible study, and someone said, let's turn to Matthew 17, 21, if you were using a New International Version, you wouldn't have Matthew 17, 21. Um, if someone said, let's tur- turn to John, 1 John 5, 7, um, there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one, that verse would not be in the New International Version. So these 15 verses are omitted. So immediately the warning light goes up that someone has taken away something from the Word of God. The weapon that God uses is his Bible. 
Uh, the Bible said the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And I believe that um, the authorized King James Version, from my research, has proven to be the very word of God. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Okay, now, if the only offensive weapon that God gave us in the book of Ephesians that talks about the whole armor of God is the sword, right, which is the word of God. All of the other uh, armor and all that sort of thing is defensive. And can't you just imagine that if that sword is for the pulling down of strongholds, that Satan would not want his strongholds pulled down. So he has had a campaign since Genesis chapter 3 to pull down the strongholds. The King James Version on the right and the NIV and the NASB versions on the left. You will see, for example, in Matthew 17, 21, the King James Bible says, This kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Okay? Now, this kind would be a devil. That would be a stronghold that the Word of God could pull down. All right? Now, as we look in the NIV and the NASB, and in most modern translations, that verse has been entirely omitted. Okay? Can you see where the scripture that said, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word is being fulfilled right before your very eyes? In other words, if prayer and fasting facilitate taking down, God's, taking down the devil's strongholds, the devil doesn't want us to know about that power, so he's not going to let us know that. It won't be in that Bible version. You will see 2 Corinthians 6, 5, fastings is omitted. 2 Corinthians 11:27 fasting is omitted again Mark 9:29 this kind cometh forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting omitted again the fasting part um, 1 Corinthians 7 the fasting is omitted again um, okay if the sword is the word and that is our weapon you will see that the word is also omitted from the new versions uh, Luke chapter 4 verse 4 the King James Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word of God. There's our sword. The new versions say man shall not live by bread alone. They have omitted the sword. So I imagine the devil is very, very happy that he has done this. Now, if we look back Genesis chapter 3, we will see that Satan's first attack was on the word of God. The very first question introduced to the Bible was by Satan, the serpent, and that question was, yea, hath God said. So his first point of attack is the word of God. Hath God said, but by prayer and fasting. Okay, his point of attack being the word of God, his method was subtlety. The Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. So we know that his major attack is going to be number one on the word of God, and number two, it's going to be a subtle attack. Okay, and we can see this happening in these new Bible versions today. I want to show you a, a discovery that's been made that's very, very recent, and I think it's rather exciting. Uh, there's a journal called the Journal of the Royal Statistical Society. And there's another journal called Statistical Science. These are journals of mathematical statisticians. And were either you or I to look at one of these journals, we would probably tend to read them upside down because they're full of uh, very complex mathematical formulas that the average person wouldn't understand. But in order to have an article published in one of these journals, it must be juried. And this particular article that I'm going to be telling you about was called Equidistant Letter Sequence in the Book of Genesis. And several Hebrew scholars took the Book of Genesis. There, there's the magazine that it's in if you need to write down the name of the dates. 
but they took the book of Genesis and using a computer they discovered equidistant letter sequences they found embedded in the text of the Hebrew Bible the names of people number one they're not people that like Moses and that sort of thing but people who lived in the 1900s it included not only their names but the day they were born the day they died and the cities they were born and died in now these were in the Hebrew text not you know written straight out but they were equidistant letter sequences in other words like every third letter would spell their name or every fourth letter or something like this it could be across down diagonally and only a computer could could pull all of this information out the men that they found the names of the people that they found were people that lived in the fifth century sixth century 10th century 19th century now the Bible says in the book of revelations this book the book of life and I, I wondered after I saw this article I wondered if when people are removing these things if in fact they are removing their own names from the book of life because he said if you will take from the words of the prophecy of this book God will take your part out of the book of life and so it may be that our names are written in the Bible and the day we're born the day we die and the city we're born and died in and he, it, it could be the very Lamb's book of life itself you know the Bible says that Jehoiakim in the Old Testament begat Jaconias and that's an obscure kind of fact that most people don't know but when you read the book of Matthew it said Josiah begat Jaconias and that would appear to be a contradiction but what God did is he took Jehoiakim's name out of the Bible because Jehoiakim in, in Jeremiah chapter 36 cut the prophecy of Jeremiah he destroyed it and so God took his name out of the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1 so uh, God will do what he says he will do now two Harvard and two Yale mathematicians took this statistical science article and evaluated it and they said the chances of this happening are one in 50 quadrillion and these two unsaved or four unsaved scholars said quote the phenomena cannot be attributed to anything within the known physical universe they were astonished and um, I think it's very exciting to know that we have the very words of God he said the words that I've spoken unto you the same will judge you in the last day and if God's going to judge us by those very words he must give us each and every single word now there's an interesting sidelight to what's happened here in this research and statistical science and that is the Hebrew text that they used here is the Hebrew text called the Ben Hahim rabbinic Bible that underlies the King James Version all right they tried the same mathematical analysis with the Samaritan Pentateuch and it didn't work um, it does not work with the manuscripts underlying the New International Version the New American Standard Version the Living Bible Good News for Modern Man Contemporary English Version it doesn't work with that Hebrew text that is a different Hebrew text it's called the Stuttgart edition and it's a corrupt edition that was created around the turn of the century by a gentleman named Rudolf Kittel now Rudolf Kittel when you look his name up in the um, Jewish encyclopedia you will find that he is number one anti-semitic and number two has contributions in his writings from the Hellenistic mystery religions and so for those people who knew him at that time um, he, he appeared to be an anti-semitic person in his writings and so the Jewish people have never accepted his Hebrew translation however when you go into a Christian bookstore today what you will find 
is that Hebrew text underlying the NIV and the NASB and these modern translations. And that's very much in part why they are so different. But I can't imagine God using an anti-Semitic person. As a matter of fact, Rudolf Kittel's son Gerhard um, was tried and convicted of war crimes uh, in the slaughter of uh, the Jewish people. He was Hitler's high priest, and he created slanderous propaganda against the Jewish people. So his whole family had been anti-Semitic. And fortunately, the King James Bible does not use that Hebrew text. Okay, now part of the reason I wrote um, the book New Age Bible Versions, this is the book I wrote, and I spent six years collating the modern translations of the Bible. Uh, years ago, I was not a staunch King James believer. As a matter of fact, when I would write letters to my mother, I would change the Bible anytime I wanted to. I really didn't, wasn't educated about the subject, and I was a young Christian. And But I found that the young ladies who would come into my office at the university, I was a professor and they knew I was a Christian, and when they had emotional problems, they would come into my office and cry, and I would show them a verse in the Bible or something to help them feel better. And I noticed that those who were using the modern translations seemed to be unstable, emotionally depressed, anxious, all those sorts of things. And it made me stop to think perhaps that's why psychology has moved into the church because of some of the problems these versions have caused. But as I was collating those translations, um, impeded by my love for these young people at the university who seemed to be having problems, and I really wasn't quite sure that it was coming from these versions, but I, I saw that there was a problem. Um, I looked in Matthew chapter 418, for Jesus uh, came to heal the brokenhearted, and that verse is completely omitted in the new versions. Uh, looked at something simple like be of good comfort in Luke chapter 8, entirely omitted. Um, the mercy of God, entirely omitted. As a matter of fact, the mercy seat, which is 53 times in the Old Testament, has been entirely omitted in the NIV. No more mercy seat in the NIV. So it's sort of some kind of a lid now. I don't know what kind of a lid it is. But, um, Mark chapter 3, power to heal the sick, completely omitted. Acts chapter 3, the lame man was healed, completely omitted in the NIV. Okay, now, they've created a caricature of God, I found, in the new versions. For instance, when we've got Ephesians, Jesus nurturing his church. Nurturing comes from the word nurse, as a mother would nurse her children, holding them lovingly. Okay, Or humble, 1 Corinthians 12, God nurtures us and he humbles us. Okay? In the new versions, it says discipline and humiliate. Now, can you imagine, imagine wanting to go to a God who was going to discipline and humiliate you? I can't imagine either. And now I see why those young ladies that I suggested go home and read their Bible would come back and they would be more depressed than they were when they left. Um, now, we're going to be looking at some of the omissions in new versions. And what you will find as we go through these omissions is that the omissions in the new versions serve to make the Bible accommodate other religions. Now, if you were a marketer, you would know that that would increase your market share. If you can include other religions, then you can sell more Bibles. If you can include every denomination, not just born-again Christians, but the liberal you know, seminaries and the liberal churches, if you can include everyone, obviously you can sell more Bibles. This is what's happened. Now, the main tenet of the New World Religion is tolerance, for the religious beliefs of others, all right? Um, so you could say the New World religion is inclusive. It includes everyone. As a matter of fact, it will even include Christians if you want to join, all right? Now, Christianity is exclusive. Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me, all right? What you will see in these new versions is that they allow a broader kind of a definition. Now, looking up 
um, at these samples I've shown you here. A simple verse to teach a child is uh, 1 John 4, 14. The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Okay, all one-syllable words. But we have one Father, the Father, one Son, one Savior, and one world. Okay? Now, when we look in the new versions, NIV and NASB, you will see that they have a God, one of many, who sends a son or avatar um, with a message to each age. And so with the new versions, you will see a gospel, a message, a God, a son, a savior, and an age, rather than the God, the son, the savior, and the world. One way or many ways. One question you might ask your friends or ask your Self is, do I have a holy Bible? Now, this is a cover of a new international version. After collating it, I really didn't feel that I wanted to keep the rest of it, so, but I did keep the cover. Um, but it says holy Bible on the cover. So let's do a little investigation and see if it, in fact, is a holy Bible and if this is truth in advertising. Okay. Now, remember there was just one ark, okay? There's just one Savior, one God. And there's also just one Bible, as you'll come to see. Now, notice the King James says holy men. Now, that comes from Peter, where it says holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, the scriptures came from holy men. When we look at the NIV, it just says men. At least they're honest, and they admit that they weren't holy men that wrote it. Uh, When we look at Matthew 25, we have the holy angels. Now, we know in 2 Peter there are angels that sinned. We know the angels... There are angels that left their first estate. Revelation talks about the devil and his angels. So all angels are not holy angels. And so we must distinguish the holy angels from the unholy angels. But I'm I'm afraid the new versions don't do that. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about the holy brethren. Okay, now, unfortunately, in Timothy, it says, In the last days, men shall be unholy. Well, no wonder they're unholy. Because it doesn't say holy in front of brethren in their Bible, I'm afraid. Revelation 22, 6, we have the holy prophets. Uh, First Peter, excuse me, Second Peter chapter 1 says there were false prophets among the people. So we must distinguish between holy prophets and false prophets. Now finally, we know God is holy. Okay? We read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we know the Bible is referred to in Romans and in 2 Timothy as the holy scriptures. And so if God is holy, we can see his name there, Holy Ghost, several times. When we look at the new versions, it's simply spirit. Okay, Holy has been not completely removed from the new versions, but very often it's being removed from the new versions. That last thing that we looked at, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, just recently in the 50s and 60s, the oldest papyra in the world, attesting to the reading In John chapter 7, verse 38 through 45, that talks about the Holy Ghost, was discovered. It's called P66. Okay, they're carbon dating this, or dating this, I should say, rather, uh, about 180 A.D. So this is the very oldest copy of this portion of John that exists on earth. All right? Now, this was recently discovered. So those gentlemen who went to seminary, or whose professors went to seminary before this collation came out, would not be you know, aware of this information. I'm afraid that many of the seminary professors and their students are simply behind the times with the collation of the papyra. But I want you to notice something here. The word um, spirit is the underlined word here. Uh, not underlined, excuse me, there's a line above it. Okay, they always put it, a line above the names of deity in these old manuscripts. But above the word holy 
you will see some little dashes. Those dashes are called obelisks. The obelisk was what, was what is called a critical mark from the Alexandrian school. Now, this papyra was found near Alexandria, Egypt. And that those little dashes meant omit this. In other words, on the face, the original face of the oldest manuscript in the world attesting to this verse, it said Holy Spirit. And whoever was writing over this, or whoever was editing this, wanted to omit the word holy. So we can see that the King James Version, Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, is the original reading. And they wanted to omit the word holy, looking at those dashes above there. Okay. I would be surprised if the average seminary professor knows about that information. Okay. We're going to be looking at some tests for Antichrist. We're going to sort of put the Bible under, under a microscope just a little bit. And it's going to tell us what the true Bible is and what the false Bible is. It will give us the criteria. And the first test for Antichrist, or who's telling the truth or who's lying, uh, is given in 1 John chapter 2. It says, who is a liar? But he that denied that Jesus is the Christ, he is Antichrist. Okay? So those who do not say Jesus is Christ are Antichrist. We will look at John chapter 4. The King James says, is not this the Christ? If I said to you, isn't that your wife? I'm expecting a positive response, okay? The NIV says, this is not the Christ, is it? And if I said to you, that's not your wife, is it? You're expecting a negative response, okay? Then you will see that the word Christ is omitted from Jesus' name. Thou art that Christ omitted in the Living Bible. When we see the name Jesus, they're taking Christ away from his name. Now, uh, if you look in the Mexican phone book or the Texas phone book, you'll find lots of gentlemen named Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. That's a very special name. But putting Christ on the end indicated that he was the anointed Messiah. All right? And if you just said his name was Jesus, you weren't saying as much as when you said he was the Christ. Um, The King James says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The New Version says, I can do all things through him. Who is the him? Okay, it's a generic Bible. The Buddhists could fill that in for themselves. And so we've just sold 10,000 more Bibles if we can sell them to the Buddhists. Romans 1, chapter 16, the gospel of Christ. We are warned about another gospel. If anybody come and preach another gospel, how do we distinguish our gospel from another gospel? We distinguish it because ours is the gospel of Christ. Okay, theirs is just another gospel. You will find that in the NIV and the NASB. Now, I have these two letters, et all after most of these charts up here. At all is simply Latin and it means and others. Okay. This is not inclusive. It doesn't mean that every Bible version in the world omits these. But you will find as a general rule that this is what all Bible versions say other than the King James Bible for the most part. Even when they do say Lord Jesus, um, many shall come and, and say I called you Lord. Okay. But they've taken off Christ from his name. So I'm afraid they've, they've lost off first, on first base, test one. Test two for Antichrist is, he is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Right? Now the Muslims will say, uh, I re- recall a Muslim gentleman coming up to me at Kent State University, and he, I'd given him a Bible, I used to distribute Bibles there, and I gave him a Bible, and he threw it back at me, and he said, you know, don't tell me that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God can't have a Son. And um, the, our Bible says that he did. But he's Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. And so when you look in the New Versions, where it says, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? John chapter 9. The New Versions simply say, Do you believe on the Son of Man? Okay. 
So he's not the son of God anymore. Um, very important verse, Acts 8, 37. Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Okay. That entire verse is omitted in all of the new versions, for the most part. Okay. The King James says that we are an heir of God through Christ. Okay. And only through Christ. The new versions omit through Christ. Now, they've got God, but they don't have the Son. Can you see they don't have the two together? God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Okay, that's an exclusively Christian notion that God created all things by Jesus Christ. Um, a, a Muslim or a Hindu would believe that God created all things, but they would not believe it was by Jesus Christ. And so we will see by Jesus Christ omitted in the new versions. Um, I could show you tons and tons more places, and I won't bore you showing you a million verses like that. But you can see... Do you remember when the devil said to Jesus, when he took him up on the mountain, and he tempted him, and he said, if thou be the Son of God? There was a question mark. Was he the Son of God? Now, when you read the book of uh, Romans, I believe it is, you're looking for Jesus Christ. You will find that he's missing in very many places in that book. Okay, then the third test for Antichrist is, has Jesus Christ come in the flesh? King James says, every spirit that confesses not Confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God, First John 4, 3. I'm going to interrupt right there, but I encourage you to get this offer. Probably the most important thing to make certain that we do not fall away and take the mark of the beast is the fact that we know our God and we know his word. And if we're off reading the wrong version that has been corrupted, how can we stand? Brothers and sisters, we've got to stand. And that is why it's important to have the King James Version and have enough information to where you can convince others to turn away from things that are corrupted. That's the reason I recommend you get the King James gift offer. It's four titles, six discs, valued at $130 for a gift of just $35. That's right. Four titles, six discs, valued at $130 for a gift of $35 at prophecyclub.com. The King James gift offer, $35 at prophecyclub.com. Make certain you can give an answer when someone comes asking you questions about what Bible October you 4, 5, and 6, it's the Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. Friday evening, 6.30, I'll speak on my seven seals, seven trumpets, seven vials chart. Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'll speak on my Feast and Revelation Prophecies chart. Saturday evening, 5 p.m., Leslie will speak on the Kundalini Spirit. Sunday morning at 10 a.m., I'll take half the time with Miss the Mark, my new book, and Leslie will take the rest of it. As you know, I'm called to build an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. I want you to come so I can lay hands on you and anoint you for you to receive two anointings. The spirit of revelation as I received it when I memorized the book of Revelation. Two, to work in sevenfold miracles when the judgment arrives. The room only holds 350 people, and the church is probably going to take from 100 to 150 of them, so it will fill quickly. I suggest you do the $25 registration quickly at endtimesconference.com. $25 registration at endtimesconference.com, October 4, 5, and 6, Understanding End Times Conference, Living Word Fellowship, Evansville, Indiana. See you there! In 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. God showed me a single word, first fruits, is a secret door found in Revelation and Leviticus. When linked together, the end time events can be placed in chronological order. 
For the first time, we can know what feast Jesus returns on, the feast for the judgment seat of Christ on the great white throne, and the feast upon which the wheat is resurrected, and on the day the new Jerusalem comes down to earth. And even though I've been in Bible prophecy for 40 years, I freely admit to you that I knew nothing that is revealed in this book supernaturally. So you probably know nothing that is in this book. One prophetic word said, There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open unto you. It will turn many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Don't get one for $20. Instead, get five for 30 or 10 for 55 Or a new case price, 60 books for $250. That's 60 books in a case for $250. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy at prophecyclub.com. You can now watch 160 Prophecy Club recordings and soon over 300 without interruption. Most people would agree 300 titles, normally $30 each, a gift of $100 a month would be reasonable, $50 a pretty good deal, but the introductory rate for a limited time is just $20 recurring monthly subscription. A one-year subscription is a gift of $200. There's no contract. You can cancel any time you want to, and you get the first three days free just to check it out. The best deal is a yearly subscription that will lock in your rate for a year even when we raise the rates. WatchProphecyClub.com. Go check it out. WatchProphecyClub.com. 